Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Morena, the Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. Well, in just a few short weeks, we will be on Election Day. And of course, voting has started in a lot of states. Early voting has begun uh, and people are getting their mail-in ballots, those who have uh, mail-in ballots. And so this is the most important election, I think. I know we've said this before, but right now, our country is at a definite crossroads. And if you feel our country has been going in the wrong direction, like many of us have, both for the unborn, their mothers, their fathers, and so many other issues. We're going to empower you today with encouragement and what you can do in these final few weeks before this election so that we can have a great result on November 8th to really put all these pro-life people in office and stop the attack on the unborn brothers and sisters. So joining me today to have a very involved conversation and exciting new information we're going to have for you is our national director, Father Frank Pavone. Father, welcome to the program. Good to be here. Well, and of course, I know our whole team is energized as never before. Uh, We have uh, Erin Parfett, our uh, public outreach associate, political outreach associate, and um, the whole team here. I think we're just like laser focused, aren't we? Uh, That November 8th is it. (laughs) <laughs> that keep the eyes on the prize and yes. every vote is going to count, isn't it? It does. Every vote counts. And uh, so we're involved in voter mobilization, education, getting out voter guides, getting uh, people to check their registration if, if there's still time in their state, because a lot of the deadlines have passed already. But uh, in, in nevertheless, in various states, they can still register even if they're not registered. Uh, and we're uh, urging people to uh, just get out there and get as many other people as they can out to the polls. Well, and that's an important point, Father, because maybe in some of their states, early voting has begun and they've already gone to vote. Mm -hmm. And then they sit back and say, oh, job well done. I voted for all the the pro-life candidates. I'm finished. But we're saying is, no, you're not finished because now we want you to get as as many like-minded people to do the same thing, right? It's not some kind of exercise in individual um, uh, uh, philosophical uh, statements. You know, oh, I made my statement. No, no, this is a this is about a transfer of power. We have to think. Each person has to think. Not just whom do I say that I like or whom do I agree with. Each person has to ask, how can I make the transition of power go to the right people? Well, I can do that by voting myself. I can also do that by influencing other votes. That's the mindset we're trying to impart. We're all on a team here to bring about a particular result. The result is not I'm making some kind of affirmation personally. The result is the right person actually gets elected. Who's going to get elected? The person for whom more people vote. Right. And, you know, we know that the Biden administration, there's not an abortion they don't like. Uh, they're in favor of all these things, uh, abortion till birth. They're in favor of letting the FDA continue to mail chemical abortion pills all over the place in our country. And so the only way to kind of like say stop the attack right now is we have got to get control back of the House and the Senate, don't we? From I mean, let's face it, Father, you know, the, there can't be more of a stark difference between the two parties than now. 
the, the Democratic Party and their platform clearly show that they're in favor of uh, abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. And the Republican Party platform clearly says they're pro-life. They would one day like to see a human life amendment, which that would settle it once and for all if we ever got to that point. Uh, so we really have the difference between light, uh, darkness and light, don't we, between the two parties right now? Well, it's about a matter of extreme unlimited abortion. Later on in the show, we're going to show a couple of spots that we prepared on this um, versus reasonable regulations that the people can decide on. Uh, people want more regulations on abortion, not less. The Democrats would take us in the direction of less. In fact, none at all. Right. Like the phone call we made uh, into the abortion facility in New Mexico, where I was praying just the other day in front of this abortion facility, and we had someone make a call. People can listen to this on our website, preachforlife.org, slash late-term abortion, where she said, I'm 30 weeks pregnant. 30 weeks. I'm healthy. The baby's healthy. Can I schedule an abortion? And they said yes. They scheduled it right there on the phone. People can listen to the call. Wow. Preachforlife.org, slash late-term abortion. This is what the, now that's happening in New Mexico. It's happening in a number of other places. California has all kinds of late term abortions, New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Vermont. Um, <laughs> but the Democrats want that to be the case everywhere. Exactly. That's that's their their position. Mm -hmm. Now, if you elect Republicans, that's not it doesn't mean that tomorrow all abortions are going to be be banned. It doesn't mean that. It means there's going to be the kind of restrictions that there are now already that most Americans agree with. No, there, there, a lot of states limit limit the uh, late-term abortion, or they'll say you have to have parental involvement if it's a minor going to get an abortion, right. and all kinds of other regulations too. Well, we have a lot of information, Father, on our website, ProLifeVote.com. ProLifeVote, yes. ProLifeVote.com, one-stop shopping there. It will show you the the uh, voter uh, deadlines, you know, if there's early voting, all that information is up there. And we have links to ivoterguide.com mm -hmm. where you can see uh, the position of the candidates in your state uh, right. to know who they are and, and who to vote for. Uh, and so uh, it's really everyone's job right now to get involved, isn't it? Well, the church is calling people to get involved. Ah. And uh, I recently saw a video by our friend, Archbishop uh, Salvatore Cordelione, ah. called Engaging Faithful Citizenship. He, um, we're just going to watch like the first minute and 10 seconds or so, because then he starts getting into some specific California information. But at the beginning, he has a great exhortation that applies to the whole church. And he says, you know what? You got to get involved in politics. It's not like... You know, some people say religion and politics don't mix. So he's saying, in other words, they do mix. And he gives a beautiful invitation to people to don't sit on the sidelines, get involved. All right. Well, let's take a look at that right now. Okay. Let's look at the Archbishop. As American citizens, one of our most fundamental rights is the right to vote. Our votes decide issues on the ballot, and they decide who will be elected to office. Sometimes witnessing problems in society can be discouraging and may cause some people to withdraw and not want to get involved. Others may question the value of voting and whether one vote can make a difference. However, as Pope Francis tells us, we need to participate for the common good. Sometimes we hear a good Catholic is not interested in politics. This is not true. Good Catholics immerse themselves in politics by offering the best of themselves so that the leader can govern. As American citizens in a democratic republic, 
we do make a difference. As Catholics, we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and the teachings of our church to help us make our decisions. Ultimately, and this is very important, the Catholic Church respects the individual right of conscience. Each person is called to become educated and pray, but ultimately it is up to you, the individual, to decide how to vote. I urge you to vote on November 8th, and if you have not yet registered to vote, please do so. Go to the website on the screen. Yeah, so, you know, then he goes into the California info, but you see the points that he makes. Right. He says the church encourages us get immersed, not just involved, immersed, he says, right. in politics. Um, some people join a political party, others don't, but this that's perfectly okay. You can work for the candidate. You can volunteer for the campaign. Right. You can get as immersed as you want to get. And then he says the church has specific teachings about voting. So, and, and I want to clarify, I want to put together two thoughts that he, that he uh, articulated there that I think people have to understand the connection between the two. On the one hand, he said, and, you know, especially those in the hierarchy, they're, they're very quick to say this. Oh, we're not telling you how to vote. It's up to you. The right of conscience, right? Mm -hmm. But that means I'm not going to put a gun to your head. I'm not going to, you know, enslave you and, no, for Father, and force you our, how, how to vote. But our Catholic okay. teaching clearly tells us how we have to vote for a candidate there's going to stop abortion and respect the life of the unborn And that's child. the first thought that he, he said, you know, we respect people's freedom. At the same time, we have a teaching right. about what should inform our vote. And that's why I have these two documents right. here. Mm -hmm. As you know, we've been promoting this document oh, yeah. for decades. The bishops it's living the gospel the bishops of life. Right. Living the gospel of life. Oh, no, just, let me just read a little, a little paragraph here. Um, we encourage all citizens, particularly Catholics, to embrace their citizenship, not merely as a duty and privilege, but as an opportunity meaningfully to participate in building the culture of life. So you talk about how to vote. Well, God is a God of life. Mm -hmm. You don't have government in order to promote death. You have government in order to protect life. Right. Then they go on to say, every voice matters in the public forum. Every vote counts. The Archbishop was saying the same thing, right? That's right. Every act of responsible citizenship is an exercise of significant individual power. See, some people say, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. Yes, there is. This is power. And if your vote is power, then if you get five other people or ten other people to vote, oh, that's yeah. even ten times the amount of power. He goes on to say, the, the bishops go on to say, we must exercise that power in ways that defend human life. So just like you were just saying especially those of God's children who are unborn, because they're the most vulnerable, disabled or otherwise vulnerable. Now listen to this part. We get the public officials we deserve. Well, sure. <laughs> Their virtue or lack thereof is a judgment not only on them, but on us. And because of this, we urge our fellow citizens. And here's a little guide they give for voting. Two, first of all, See beyond party politics. Secondly, analyze campaign rhetoric critically. And third, choose their political leaders according to principle, not party affiliation or mere self-interest. So like you were saying, the Democrats, and we're going to show a clip in a moment, they want unlimited abortion. Right. Analyze campaign rhetoric critically. Here, here's an example of how you do that. They say, we want 
to preserve women's rights and reproductive choice. Now, that, that sounds pretty good to a lot of people. We want to preserve their, you know, reproductive health and choice. But analyze it critically. What are you actually saying there? What they're saying is they believe in a policy where you can abort a baby, like we said a moment ago, at 30 weeks into pregnancy, healthy mother, healthy baby. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're choosing? Or are you choosing just, oh, yeah, I'm in favor of rights and freedom and health in some kind of generic way? Well, you know, the other thing about this document, too, Father, um, I always like the example the bishops use because people might say, oh, well, there's a lot of different issues. They use the picture of a house. Yes. And the foundation of the house, they say, is abortion and euthanasia, the intrinsic evils. So this is non-negotiables. Here they are. Well, now there's other issues, but those would be the walls and the cross beams and, and the roof. You know, so that would be your education, your housing, immigration, you know, climate change, all that other stuff are parts of the house. If the foundation isn't strong, the house crumbles. Well, the foundation is the right to life. And abortion, they're saying, is directly attacking the foundation. Yeah. So the whole house collapses, in other words. Yeah. So while you might be concerned about those other issues, but let's think about this. A baby has to be born first before you worry about its education. It has to be born first before you worry about its housing. It has to be born first before you worry about its health care. It has to be born first before you worry about the air and the environment and how it's affecting them. So that's that's the whole package. It's life first, protecting life, and then the other, the yes, other part of it. Yes. And that's very clear in this document, Living the Gospel. Well, but they say analyze campaign rhetoric critically. Critically. Yeah. Let's challenge. I want to show one of the spots we just made is about Democrat politicians and how they, if you really listen to them, you know, they're not really saying what they mean. <laughs> A lot of politicians don't, right? They're right, not really yeah. saying what they mean. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But let's look at the spot and then we can discuss it a little more about the about these Democrat politicians. Okay. If you read the speeches of the Democrat politicians who support legal abortion in this country, you will read the words freedom, choice, rights, health, and the Constitution. But you will never hear about the very thing they are defending, abortion. If you read the medical textbooks on how abortions are done, you'll read the words arms, legs, skull, bones, blood, dismember, and decapitate. The Democrats, as they promote unrestricted abortion, don't even have the courage to describe what they defend. ProLifeVote.com, that's our, our main page to go to for it all is, the right, information. Right, right. Yeah. And it's going to help people do what the bishops have said here. Right. Analyze campaign rhetoric Critically, right. Critic think. But, in so, Father, if, if people like that spot, well, that also, it's there. It's on prolifevote.com. Because, hey, brothers and sisters, you can uh, use, use that. it. Use it. Use it. Put it on TikTok. Put it on your Facebook. Put it wherever you can. Right, Get it out right, there. Right, you know, right. full permission. No, we, we give it. it. That's why we made this to give it to people to use. We can't reach everybody. Take the ball and run. The the, the, the viewers right. here could reach people that we can't. We that's can't right. Reach, yeah. yeah. Well, if you notice, you know, um, the Democrats they can't. Um, say what an abortion really is. They can't. And I always, I, I, I mean, I will never forget when President Trump was debating Hillary Clinton. And it was the first time I actually heard a politician when he, he challenged her and said, 
Oh, you're in favor of pulling arms and legs off for the baby. I was, I was jumping up and down at home saying, finally, someone is calling out what it really is. Yeah, it's take, yeah. it's tearing an unborn child apart right. and the baby is feeling that pain, you know, and that's what we have to look at that. You know, it's, it's amazing father that the democratic party is even again against limits to abortion that when the baby feels pain, they're still in favor of having an abortion. And uh, by contrast, our friend Senator Lindsey Graham uh, and Congressman Chris Smith uh, on the Republican side of the aisle have um, introduced this bill. Now, of course, it won't go anywhere in this Congress because it's Democrat controlled. Right. But just to show where they stand, they've introduced a bill that says, let's stop at 15 weeks. Let's not have abortion allowed beyond 15 weeks. Now, you know what most countries of Europe do? They do the same thing. They do the same thing. They stop it. In fact, most of them are like at, more like at 12 weeks. At 12 weeks, right. And it's like their attitude is, yeah, we're in favor of choice. Of course, we don't believe in any No choice, zero. But <laughs> it, 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 they, they say, but 12 weeks, that's... You've had time to decide. That's three months. That's three months, exactly. Yeah. So decide already. Well, you know? and, and you know what it is, Father, you know, when you think about when Roe v. Wade was first happened, you know, women didn't really find out they were pregnant until they were about two months or so into the pregnancy. That's just because that's, we didn't have back in These those days. tests. No, yeah, well, yeah. we didn't have where you could go to the mm -hmm. drugstore and, and get a pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. Back in those days, uh, you had to go to a doctor and, and have a, a test done by a medical professional to find out if you were pregnant. So most women were, you know, along pretty much along in their pregnancy before they realized, oh, I'm pregnant. But now these girls are finding out when they're like a few weeks pregnant. You know, they, they find out really quick. And so, you know, 12 weeks is reasonable. Of course, like we said, for us, no abortion is reasonable, none whatsoever. And, you know, we know with Silent No More, always bad for the baby. But we know by the testimonies of the women, always bad for the woman too, right? Because of the physical and psychological damage. And I challenge people, go to abortiontestimony.com. And we have so many testimonies up there. Use those testimonies to convince people about how bad abortion really is for the woman. You know, because that's what they're touting. The Democratic Party makes it sound like they're standing up for the women. And we're just the ones worrying about the baby. But we're saying, no, it's both of them, mother and child. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another ad we made about unlimited abortion. Like we're saying now, this is the choice that voters face. Do you want some limits on it? Or do you want even the limits that are there to be taken away? Well, right. if you want all the limits to be taken away, Democrats the way to go. If you want reasonable restrictions and regulations and limits, that's only the Republicans are offering that. That's Let's right. take a look at this other clip that okay. we made. America has been embroiled in a national dispute over abortion for decades. And now that Roe v. Wade has been reversed, abortion has become even more of a political issue for voters. But the choice that faces America is not what the Democrats want you to think it is, throwing women in prison or denying them emergency medical treatment. The choice is whether Americans want unrestricted abortion, like what the Democrats have already voted for in the current Congress. They want no restriction on any abortion whatsoever. They want abortion to be legal right up to the moment of birth, even when the mother and baby are both perfectly healthy. They want no limits on the reasons for an abortion, including sex selection or racial hatred. They want no parental involvement, informed consent, or clinic regulations. 
And on top of all that, they want you to pay for abortion with your tax dollars. This is exactly what the Democrats want, but Americans have never wanted it. And if you don't want it now, remember to vote Republican. everyone on prolifevotes.com. Yeah, and again, it's just showing people, here's what the choice is. That's right. Here's what the choice is. You know, and we just have to go back for a minute too, Father, with the overturning of Roe, just so people get square in their minds. You know, what Olsa did was take this issue away from the courts and put it back in the legislative branch of the state and the federal government. And so federal, people, right. And, and what the, the pro-abortion people are doing right now in states like Michigan and there's a few others they have these amendment initiatives on their ballot that would, like in Michigan, what they're doing is horrible. They have to vote no on this prop on their Proposition Three in Michigan because it would it would take away all the rights, all the pro-life laws that have been passed in Michigan to date would be swept away, and they would put it in their state constitution to have an abortion till birth. The um, Supreme Court in the Dobbs case said. We want to put this abortion policymaking back into the legislative process. Right. Where the people have to persuade one another. Right. To vote for pro-life candidates. They have to persuade the office holders once they're elected right. to draft and vote for pro-life laws. Uh, they have to have hearings. They can propose amendments. There, there's a process. The other side is scared of that process because in that process, you really dig deep and you find out what abortion is, what it does, the harm it brings, and whether it's really good for people or not. It's a a tedious process. It's a process that can take as long as they want it to take. So what they're doing, like in Michigan and California also, Michigan's Proposition 3, California's Proposition 1, people have to reject these because what those propositions are doing is taking away, uh, again, from the people right. the, the ability to decide on this and putting it back into the, the judicial branch, but also into their state constitution. state constitution. People have to realize what that means is, okay, we can't pass any more laws to address this. Yeah, law can't go against <laughs> the Constitution. So we're, we're cementing extreme unlimited abortion Mm -hmm. into our constitution if you want to pass a law like that california they already have california already has very liberal but but proposition one is too extreme even for california because even people out there they don't want like that example i gave 30 week abortion really how many of your friends think that you know that should be allowed well most people father don't Uh, think abortion occurs they don't even believe the first trimester they think they don't don't believe believe it occurs that way yeah, but it does. But this would cement the cement the public policy in that direction. So yes, like you're saying, see, but but it shows the cowardice of the other side. They just don't want this issue in the legislative process. They want it just to be decreed from on high, whether it's from the court or from the constitution. Oh, well, there's a there's a constitutional right to abortion. So in other words, hands off. Don't try to limit it. Yeah, but most Americans want to limit it. That's the point. They want to limit it. So let them do so. How are they going to do so? They do so through their elected representatives. You put it in the Constitution, the elected representatives can't do that anymore. That's right. 
Well, and like we said, the voices of experience trump all the political rhetoric, which goes back to the voices of the women from Silent No More. Yes, Silent No More, yes. Because the the damage, father, the physical damage, psychological damage, it is there, it's apparent. They can challenge people. Go to abortiontestimony.com, read the testimonies, even in cases of rape and incest, okay? You got to go, the proof is with the testimonies. The women who were who aborted after being raped said it was a second trauma on top of the rape and it did not solve their problem. It created all these other problems and some of them physically. Some of these women, the only child they were ever able to conceive was the child they aborted. Yes, that's and right. And so this might ruin your chances of ever having a child ever again. Mm -hmm. and, and I can introduce you women in the campaign that to this day, we're never able to have a child after the damage done to them from that abortion. So the right to life is the foundational issue. That's right. In every election. Mm -hmm. In this election now that we're about to have and that we could say we are having, right? Because it's voting is voting started. is underway. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's also another dynamic going on. And that see the other side is the Democrats they they've been trying to hype up their people to say, to enrage them. Ah, Roe was overturned. Well, our rights were taken away. Get out there and vote for pro-abortion candidates, right? It's not working very well. First of all, because as we've been saying in this program, they have such an extreme policy. The American people really don't buy into that. But secondly, you know, it hasn't, the concern over this issue, even on the other side, has, has, has increased over what it was in past elections because we've been tracking this for decades, right? right? We're always looking for people to try to, you know, look more at the abortion issue, right? So so they've amped up the concern on their side somewhat. But it hasn't overcome concern about a few other things. The border, right? or we should say the lack of a border, well, yeah. crime, right. and inflation. Right. <laughs> How much yeah. are you paying for gas these days, well, right? Groceries. Groceries. Right? I mean, yeah. I think the, the worst is the groceries because when you yeah. go to the grocery store, oh my gosh, the price of milk is doubled and just about everything. I mean, I went to, I have some family staying in my house. I went, they said, oh, let's have some steak. Yeah. And I went, holy mackerel. Well, see, it, the it, price it, has doubled and tripled in some cases. Here's what I think is going to happen in this election people want a country that works. This is what I've been saying through all this whole election season. They want a country that works. What they're finding is a country that's dysfunctional. Right. Our communities aren't safe. Our border isn't secure. Our prices are out of control and a number of other problems too, mm -hmm. right? This isn't, this isn't, whatever we're doing is not working. And that leads people to want a change. And that's why... There's going to be a change. Well, if you feel the country is going in the wrong, wrong direction. direction, which it is as far as I'm concerned, then you have to get out and vote. And basically, sorry, you have to vote Republican because that's... You know, well, that's the change. That's the change. The Democrats are in control are, uh, uh, and we're in the wrong direction. The only way to correct that father is, and even, is to go out and vote. And even if someone's not sure... How are you ever going to be sure? Give it a try. You can't You can't go any further downhill than, than we are That's now. Right. Well, Father, thank you for this great discussion. And brothers and sisters, thank you, too, for joining us here on the program. And remember, ProLifeVote.com. And remember, it's all up to you. Get out and vote and get as many like-minded people to do the same. Until next time, Janet Marana, Executive Director of Priest for Life. Thank you and God bless. 
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.